kingdom of the planet of the apes has arrived in IMAX. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. This week's episode is brought to you by Heineken. With all the stresses of life, it can be easy to lose perspective on what really matters. But Heineken believes that life is about being with friends and opening yourself to new experiences. Because when you live spontaneously and embrace the unexpected, it's a chance to create new stories and connections. You just have to be open to it. So enjoy a refreshingly cold, full-bodied Heineken lager today with its deep golden color, light, fruity aroma, mild bitter taste, and a crisp, clean finish. Cheers! Tell me why you cry. Guilt I feel when you look at me. Did I let you down? Girl, it's in your eyes. I apologize. <laughs> oh my God. Tell me what to do to get through to you. Girl, it's not the same. I know I was to blame. Just tell me when will I see you? Smile. Oh my God. Good morning, Cookie. <laughs> Did my wake singing wake you up? Yes. Say hi to Auntie Kia. Hi. All right, now. Good morning, Noah. What? Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Hi. <laughs> good morning, Noah. How are you? Good. You been a good girl? Yeah. Did you sleep good? Yeah. Okay. I love you. I'll talk to you later, okay? Bye. I love you. <laughs> she don't love me. She's rude. Go. She don't love me. See, this is what happens when your husband buys 120 peach rings and she finds it on his nightstand. <laughs> uh, okay. Peach rings are delicious. They are. We ate a lot of them last night. Praise the Lord, niggas. <laughs> Shout out to my beautiful listener. That harmonious tune was for you. Oh, my God. That poor baby on Twitter. I, I didn't... <laughs> All I did was respond back to her and tell her she says she hates the singing. <laughs> Ooh, I, I don't I know, a this. listener. She's like, I hate 
uh, loving podcast and then being bombarded with terrible singing. I was like, well, since this is a show of balance, so. Oh my god! But then I didn't, I didn't realize that. that all of the the loyal listeners <laughs> were gonna were gonna have our backs, so <laughs> or have mine because you can sing. So they tweeted her, and I just want to let you all know. I want to let everybody know. I'm never going to stop singing, so <laughs> you can just it's fine. There's no beef. Like I'm just never gonna stop singing. A, I'm Queen Troll. B, I love music. So <laughs> And I'm going to just hit y'all with a nasty Z flat every week. A Q sharp minor. That's right, baby. A T whatever. Praise oh, the Lord, niggas. Word. Praise the Lord, man. What a what an intro. What a start to the show and an appearance from ASAP Noah. <laughs> it's Labor Day weekend. It the is. summer is over. Oh, God. Let's wrap this year up. We're headed, we're headed into the last quarter. We are. And I don't know if I'm ready for it. I mean, I don't think that I am. But have I been ready for any quarter of the year? No. This is very true. So we are moving forward. How are you, sis? What's new in your world? Nothing. (laughs) I'm sorry. No, you're Um, (laughs) Nothing. Nothing is new. I am working really hard as per usual. Um, And, you know, just trying to pay my bills on time. Real life adulting. Real life adulting happening as we speak yes absolutely what's going on with you sitting here battling these good old allergies so i sound like manly stanley um so i got my regular light skin girl uh deep voice because that's already oh i told y'all i told y'all early in the show like early when we first started light skin girls we most of us got deep voices i am not light skin and i have the deepest voice of them all and you don't, I don't, I guess you, no, you have a, you have a, uh, oh my God, vibe. don't, don't do this, don't do this, your voice. <laughs> I actually hate it, I never ever listen to the show, because I think I sound like, I don't know, I actually hate it though, you're like, hey, praise um, the Lord niggas, <laughs> I, I hate it, I sound like, I sound like a man, but it's okay, Same, it's because it is a part of who I am, yeah, so, it's been, it's been a full week of uh, of um, you know Aretha Franklin's funeral. Has. We had to sit through seven days of the longest homegoing celebration of life. I think that we've got lots to unpack, and we're gonna have a good show this week. So we should just jump right in. Yeah, seven whole days, and not a word from you. Um, <laughs> not a word from Aretha. Not, a not word, one word. She was. N- I don't know how pleased she was or not pleased, but let's go ahead and get into the trash cleanup woman oh. tie. See, I'm always in the wrong key. So I, <laughs> I don't that think out. that burn could ever be in the wrong key. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> we cannot not do it. Yeah, but let's do it. Let's get trash into time. it. Trash, trash, trash. So, first on the trash. I guess... Mind you, y'all know I have to be finding my trash on the internet, so that's full I mean, disclaimer. That's where the trash is. That's where it lies. That's where it lives. That is its home. Hazel E. Who? <laughs> oh Do you think Harriet sing it? That's, pop that's, my butt. Pop, pop my butt. <laughs> that's that little girl that Iyanla cursed out. 
Oh. Hazel E, I guess, posted a Instagram story, a snap of something, and said, uh, they say I look like a white woman because she has gotten an ungodly amount of plastic surgery. Mm. She said, they say I look like a white woman. Maybe it's because I look expensive. Excuse me? <laughs> did she really say that? She did. That was her caption on her picture. I saw it for myself. There is just like, I wish that there were uh, certain individuals who, after a certain number of infractions, they would have their internet privileges revoked completely. Like, and Hazel E is right up there with like Lindsay Lohan and, you know, uh, Perez Hilton. I forgot about um, him. Like all the people who have just totally, totally taken advantage of the internet in ways that have completely, you know, resulted in the abuse of the rest of the rest of us who are just out here existing in in the inter- in interwebs, you know, trying to mind our business and live our lives and like you know help help one another. Like I just wish that we could just get them all out of here. Agreed. But here we are, bombarded with their foolishness. What is uh, that? Bec- oh, oh God! So white people look expensive, and the rest of us are out here just looking broke, huh? broke and ashy. Thank you. Like Hazel we all e. should just be sitting here eating our rice. So, like, why does she feel like? Well, where does her money come from? What does she do besides make a fool of herself on the internet? Pop where, her she, butt. She's pop, not pop even, her like, butt. People don't download her music. <laughs> I don't know anybody who has Hazel E on any of their on Spotify. Pandora, Sirius, XM Radio. I have never heard a Hazel E song in my life. She's I definitely refuse, not on my title. I refuse to believe that, that she is making money. Doing what? Because, she, I mean, like, girl, girl. Do they if, get paid for being on the Yandla? I don't know. That's I would imagine question. so, but I I'm not entirely sure. And um, I would imagine so, but even still, she did one episode of Yandla. She's not. Is she on Love and Hip Hop Hollywood anymore? I don't, I don't think she so. Probably got like two hundred and fifty dollars an episode. I mean, before. I just feel like this is all about people who like in this in the Instagram age, social mm. media age. Everybody's out here worried about the wrong things, and in people the age think of the ghetto, right? And people think because you have certain material things that that means that you have money, and that's a lie. Anybody like if you have an expensive car, that just means you got a car note, my G. That don't mean nothing to me. Like, get out of here. Hazel E is irritating. I don't want to talk about her anymore. She's stupid. She doesn't have anything. She's just probably up to her fake ass nose in um plastic surgery debt. And I just want her to go. Go, you girl. Think Harriet Tubman. Please. <laughs> she ain't making no money. Talk about she look expensive. I bet you she don't got no retirement plan or nothing. Does she own any property? Girl, get out of my face. She just makes me so angry. I'm just irritated with this whole narrative. like, And I'm irritated with like black people. But you know what? It's people like that where I can't be mad because <clears throat> the reason I can't be mad is because me and you are not the same. Not at all. We're not the same. And so when you say stupid ass, asinine shit out of, out of your mouth, that, I have to remember just... that, oh, you are, you're a clown. She is actually Bozo the Clown. She's a clown. With the rubber nose and all. And I want her to get out of here with her b- borrowed name brand designer clothes 
from the stylist that she ain't paid. So, girl, come yeah. on. Nobody. She don't have nothing. Hazel E ain't got a pot or a window. No, and if she, she want, she better get out of my face with this nonsense. <laughs> I can't. That just irritated me. She's all, all the rest of us is just poor and out here. We're just poor and out here in black, you know. Girl, I don't even know. She look expensive. And when has she ever, ever, ever looked expensive? Girl. They say you look like a white woman because you look like a white woman. They say you look like a white woman because you have absolutely uh, tweaked and altered your face beyond recognition. Thank you. Get out of my face. That is why they say you look like a white woman, but you keep on thinking what you're going to think. Nasal E. <laughs> that is, I hate Masika, but that's the funniest thing. Masika is also an absolute drain on my life, but she oh, did that. She Masika did that. is one of those acne scars. <laughs> <laughs> she is hyperpigmentation. She Nobody is. wants her. Not even. She's like, she's not hyperpigmentation because people can't help that. She's literally an acne mm. scar because she has picked herself into disgust. Um, Bank of America. Okay. See, I've been warning you niggas about using them. Bank of America is freezing accounts based off of what they think people's citizenship is. So um, when? if they have a question about your citizenship... They are freezing your account until you can prove your citizenship. That is absolutely. And they're not denying it. That's illegal. That's, That's illegal. It's got to be. Illegal. Unless is there there must be some sort of is there like some sort of uh you know random um clause in in the fine print. <laughs> you know there's always like a fine 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 print. It's always the fine print. We never ever read the terms and conditions. The footnote of the footnote of the footnote of the footnote. We never read the terms and conditions, so we that probably may be a part of their policy and as such that's probably why they're getting away with this, but this is like it's unethical. Y'all going to get enough of not um of not shopping these and using these black owned. If you are in New York City, use Carver. You know what I'm saying? It's a black owned bank. Um, you know, yeah, go down are. to the credit union. Like, just do your research. But like, these people are not for us. Just so y'all know. And they won't ever be. Never will be. Offset. Got a yeah. tattoo. <laughs> Didn't we talk about him last week? I feel like we're going to be talking about them for a while. Jesus. Oh, by the way, did I tell you I went to the Drake and Migos concert? You didn't tell us, but we saw it on your Insta story. Sis, I talked about it on Jaden XD. It, first of all, I have fully realized I'm way too old to be at rap concerts. I didn't really, like, I really thought I was, I remember the days when I used to go to rap concerts and it was me and my people, like, and it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a scene, you know what I'm saying? It was plenty niggas in the hallway, it was oh, pl Lord. plenty niggas at the seat, like, it was just a time, it was a function, it was a shindig. Now, every time I realize I go see somebody, um... It's nothing but a whole bunch of white kids from Long Island in New Jersey. Oh, my word. Saying nigga. Ugh. Now, Ugh. I understand that I say nigga. Kia sometimes says nigga. And she says nigga. <laughs> I do. And I know that people feel certain ways about it. You can choose to do whatever you'd like. Um, but 
I this is going to be me. However, I'm also the same person who says, no, you can't say it, and I don't have to tell you. I don't have to give you no long-ass explanation as to I why you know can't. you better not say it in front of me. Don't say it in front of me. That's like when I went to I went to a Kanye concert many, many years ago, rest in peace, and um, <laughs> it was two white boys behind me, and Kanye was like, he was about to sing Gold Digger, and so he was like, white people, this is the only time. No, it's yeah. not. And these white boys started going in, and I turned around and I said, "Kanye's up on that stage. I'm not." And they calmed themselves down. But that again was just, even though that was like, ooh, like ten years ago. <laughs> that was still, even though it was like ten years ago, it still was a different time. It was like it was not as many of them like infiltrating. But those are the kids who can afford the tickets. Their parents are buying them the tickets. This is how it goes. I I was young at the concerts too. I guess. But um, it was a whole bunch of them saying nigga, and I was super irritated, and I realized I couldn't fight everybody, so I couldn't say nothing. But it, it it makes you super aware, and I guess you don't even realize it. And as far as rappers are concerned, when they're making music and putting things out, you know, I don't know if they think about who's purchasing their music, but I just, to hear, like, 75,000 white kids say I'm sick of these niggas over and over mm. again is like okay all right but anyway I couldn't do it I know yeah, I, I couldn't I, do it I it, it 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 my blood was boiling sis I but absolutely um know that I could not do I can't I cannot Offset got a tattoo of his daughter's name on his face so I feel like I saw this video but I felt like he was showing us his neck but there was literally so much there in the way of Dirt <laughs> and, <laughs> and um, wash me. <laughs> I mean, I don't feel like I could make out because I was looking at the video on my phone. Like, well, what are we looking at? Like, is there a picture? Is there a name? I just saw him like turning his head from side to side, like all my kids tatted. And I'm just like, mm, I just, you know, I just want him to use are we a washcloth. See them after you take your bath, or I'm like, because I don't, I'm having a hard time deciphering what the tattoos actually say because. It's very early Jim Jones. You know, very yeah, yeah, early yeah, Jim yeah. Jones was a... We used to make a lot of um, dusty nigga jokes about Jim Jones because he looked like he needed to take a bath for the last 12 years. But anyway. Mm-hmm. It's like my, soot. It's like, it's, you know how when... You, <laughs> yes. You know how like when you like you've been... Like when you ever cleaned a fireplace out and like all, ever cleaned a fireplace and... Or the barbecue pit. Right. It's like, you know, even... You don't even realize it, but like just... Everything that is around the fireplace has this like Hint haze. Of gray. It's like it's like a <laughs> it's like a filter almost. It's just it like is. a it's like a cast of soot. It's the Jim Jones offset filter. Oh my god! <laughs> I just want him to just you know clean behind his ears or something. That would be really you know you Ooh. got to get you got to get back there. Can you imagine if you lined up a like ten niggas, how much filth you'd find behind their ears? Ooh, Jesus. Ooh, child, the ghetto. Um, <laughs> Mama D. Okay, girl. <laughs> Mama D and her husband uh, are going on marriage boot camp. I saw the first episode. You saw that, that clip? Would no, you like to tell the people? The episode is actually li- up and live. But did you see? Well, so then you saw what she said. About? Yo, she Mama. Said- your mama can't suck your. 
Okay, maybe I missed this part. Maybe okay. that's in the preview. Maybe it's not in the second episode. So is this Ernest, what she's saying to her to Ernest? To her husband. Oh, Ernest, because everybody knows Ernest is a mama's boy, or he's a mama's boy, and she also she's basically old to be a mama's boy. She's married to the old little sc- uh, scrappy, is basically what it is, because your son is a mama's boy. But oh she God. tells her husband. Your mama can't suck Uh-oh. your, Uh-oh. I can't even say it because it's no, gross. It is. That is correct. Like I can't. Are you looking for it? <laughs> no. I actually don't want any part of that. I've actually decided that I don't want to be a part of that. I have moved on. Um, and then last but not least, let's just go ahead and talk about Auntie Riri's funeral. Oh, it was 40 Long. days and 40 nights. And I, I mean, there's so much to unpack, so much to discuss. There were things that were great about it. I really enjoyed. I attended the funeral, you know, in my house. I attended. And I watched as much of it as I possibly could. Um, <laughs> you don't have but, that much life. So there were things that I really thought that they did a great job. So the church was packed in the beginning. <laughs> Um, you know, the flowers, it was like one million beautiful pink roses. It was the choir sung their faces, the orchestra, um, you know, everyone looked great. Everyone was in their place. I knew very quickly because if you had the copy of the program that was tweeted out and shared with the rest of us, the program was, (laughs) you know, supposed to be five hours long. They had the processional, the family processing into the service. They had that slated to be over at about 1020. When it was 1130 and them niggas was still coming in the church, I knew that we were going to be in for quite an adventure. Oh, it was very black. Um, I mean, which I thought was great. And yeah. I thought that, you know, I, I get it. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of people in Aretha's family. And, you know, this is how things happen at a lot of our family events. Um a black family you know and especially like because i mean we have to have to acknowledge like the magnitude of the life and legacy and career of aretha louise franklin like we cannot just i mean our our, my expectation like i knew that it was going to be long when you have somebody who has had literally like a 60-year career um and was a and it wasn't in just what one facet. She was a singer, but she was an activist, and she was a, like she did so much, so so much. So I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew when you saw that three page program that we were going to be in for a day's worth of activities. But it was just lots of you know. I mean, it was beautiful. I thought that the I mean, like I said, the service was well attended. Aretha brought out all the stars. Um, and everybody said something. We had all the words and expressions from people. We had all the songs. Um, Tasia. We thank Tasia for her service and her ministry. Ooh. I turned. I actually turned my TV off when Jennifer Hudson sung, and I still heard it. Yeah, of course you did. I I heard it uh, on your TV, and I'm in said, New York. <laughs> I mean, as soon as she touched the microphone, I said, "God bless the sound man, please Jesus, yeah, nah. and uh-huh. bless every speaker in that house." Um. I mean, it was good. It was so good. Shaka Khan was zooted. They picked her up from rehab Always. and brought her on to the Detroit yeah. so that she could sing her song. She read her. I'm like, who don't know the words to going up yonder? But evidently Shaka don't because she wrote the words on her fan. I, and was, She's me. Okay. I was cool. like, okay, thank you, Shaka. 
Um, there was so much. I could literally talk Gladys Knight, Gladys Smokey Knight. Robinson, oh, uh, Steve, Stevie Wonder and his three and a half locks were in the building. Don't um, do my <laughs> uncle. <laughs> because he listen. can't, y'all know, first of all, you know what? Well, Calm down. Who is doing my uncle's hair? Why are y'all that's, letting him out here like that? Y'all know he don't know yes. what his head looks like. That's who we need to. That's who our beef is with. Whoever is retwisting these three and a half locks on his head. Um, uh, everyone, all the people came out. All the people came out. Jennifer Holiday, yeah. uh, Shirley Caesar was in an evening gown at nine a.m. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was just. <laughs> It was literally like a parade. It was it literally was. like it was like you was just it was a it was a cultural event. Like much like Whitney's oh. funeral, much like James Brown's funeral, it was it was like a day that will never much like Michael Jackson's funeral. It was a day we will never forget. Except for it was a cultural funeral until they opened up the kitchen door and let Ponytail in the back to come sing a song. Ron I was like, Ron, I was like, is he drunk? Like, I was trying no. to figure out what was no, taking ponytail. place. Who are you talking about? The little sk- Ariana Grande. Oh, young pony. I thought you thought, because you know Ron had his little nub in the back. Too, oh, but, I know. Um, I, saw, I saw Tio. Oh, Ariana. <laughs> so first of all, I kind of feel for Ariana because, you know, you? the family asked her to come and sing her song. And... I mean, I blame her mama. Her mama, she she was not raised to know what's what what you what wear to, to say church no to. and what you don't, right? And <laughs> you know, now I, I felt bad for her because of the way the very inappropriate comment that the presiding bishop made toward her that was not only racist but was uh you know really creepy, especially since he had his hands on her his while he was talking to her. His hand on the side of her boob. It really disturbed me, and he then issued a very um lackluster uh half booty apology. <laughs> like See, this it was is just... when you can say niggas ain't shit. It's when it's times like that. Ah, uh, it was troubling. I did not watch the eulogy. I heard that too was also uh just all manner of wrong. Um, black on black crime does not exist. <laughs> very embarrassing. Very embarrassing. And I felt like, you know, much like Whitney's funeral and even Michael's funeral to an extent, this was our opportunity to showcase, not even showcase, but for white people, other cultures to get some insight into how, you know, some of our cultural norms and practices. Um, and I think that the church itself, there were things that, like I said, there were several things that the church did well, but that there were also things that the church didn't. I mean, I, I don't want to call out and single out and generalize the entire church, but I will say that there were this in this church at this particular instance, there were things you know, that we just left ourselves open to a lot of critique that was wholly unnecessary because people and their problematic behaviors and ideologies just running rampant on the stage. And we can have another conversation about what some of those things might be specifically, but... Black-on-black black crime is not uh, a thing! And then you go ahead and say that uh, single black mothers can't raise black men. Girl, girl, girl. Oh, so, many, God. so much wrong. So much wrong. So much wrong. So much wrong. And uh, we don't have to go there because I don't, I really don't want to sully Aretha right. celebration because did, it really was he, he did he did and you know what I I felt like it was Aretha's family's choice and they could do what they want to do but at the same time you know we have every right to to say all the things that we don't like about it um, I want to thank uh, I want to thank NPR and PBS 
for airing the funeral uh, without commentary because the rest you. of yes. you networks. And, you know, what makes me angry est is that there are certain, I have one person in mind, certain, um, you know, commentators or talking heads, you know, took the occasion to explain, much like they did with Whitney's funeral, they kept explaining what was happening. It's like, why do we have to continue to explain things to white people? White people ain't never explained nothing to us. In terms of like a lot, like think about it. All the times that we've had to watch things, there's never been any kind of explanation or nobody's been sitting at the table kind of saying, well, let me make sure that the people of color are aware of what's going on. So I don't really feel like it's fair or appropriate when people of color take their, use the platforms that they have um, in that time to, comp- to, it's almost like we are, well, let's, let's teach white people how we do things. This is what's customary in the black church. This is what's customary in black culture. And it's like, nah, B, let no, them watch it. Research. Let them watch it just like we have to watch John McCain's funeral and everybody else's funeral. We don't get, no, we don't get two thirds of the things that are going on, but don't nobody explain things to us. But listen, again, I'm not going, I'm not going to be smirch. <laughs> I love that word. We're not going to be smirch. <laughs> Let me make sure I used it right because I haven't used it in a long time. But um, we're not going to, uh, to yes, we're not going to tarnish, taint, uh, taint uh, disgrace or dishonor Aretha's uh, homegoing celebration. Yes. Um, with, you know, we're not just going to run down the long list of, you know, uh, things that could have been done differently. Like, yeah, problematic things. We're going to focus on instead on all of the great things that were there, like Cicely Tyson's hat. Oh, that hat was the greatest hat of the decade. <laughs> Shout out to my Dida. Dude, my grandma said Dida said the church, I mean, the hat looked like it was a tree stump. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's so shady. <laughs> he was like, this hat looked like a tree stump. And it really kind of <laughs> did. But I, that's why I felt like now, ever since he said it, every time I see the hat, I can't unsee it. It was the best But hat. yeah, Michael Eric Dyson had a word for the people. Um, Tyler Perry even said, you know, Al Sharpton, uh, Reverend Barber. There were lots of people, even Jesse Jackson, Mm -hmm. Uh. who I felt like, you know, it took a long time for. I I really tried to give Jesse. I I can't even say that. I was quiet. Jesse, when I was sixteen, I felt like I had to just remain quiet for the most part until he said he's never seen the righteous forsaken, and I was like, that's it. But anyway, he called. So he's friends with my uncle. Really? And he called my uncle's business. I used to go down to Atlanta to hang, you know, spend time with my cousin in the summertime. You know, your parents ship you away for a month or whatever. Right, so right. I used to go down to Atlanta and me and my cousin would work at our uncle's um, company. And he was friends with him, weirdly enough. And I remember the first and my cousin told me and I was like, what? And then he called one day and he was like, can I please speak to? And asked for my uncle. And I was like. Who's calling? And he was like, this is Dr. Reverend Jesse Jackson. <laughs> Jesse Jackson came to my high school. And I said, oh, please. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesse Jackson came to my high school and he spoke. And I just, you know, I just remember being like in the 10th grade and like really being probably childish and not really wrapping my brain around like who it was and what he was saying. I know that he came and spoke at the high school. It was a big deal. Um, because uh, um, you know it was Jesse Jackson was coming, and all the like a lot of of community people came to the high school to hear him talk, including my grandfather. Right, so on the stage, 
you know, they started introducing people who were in the uh <laughs> who were in the audience and they introduced Dida and and then they introduced Jesse Jackson and more people clapped for Dida than Jesse Jackson. And I just remember oh. it being <laughs> I just remember it being oh. like really funny. <laughs> and I was just, <laughs> it was like you know we want to we want to shout out and you know they called Dida's name and the whole because you know it was literally like you know a lot of us from the church went to school at the same like all my friends we were just like Wah! it was like really Wah! like we were just that's my Dida <laughs> absolutely and then they was like you know and now we're gonna hear from Jesse Jackson everybody was like creak 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 creak, creak <laughs> I was creak, like dang yo <laughs> <laughs> that's messed up <laughs> me. <laughs> I was probably somewhere <laughs> saying inappropriate things. But yes, Jesse has Parkinson's. Oh. And I'm, yeah. So it was a lot. It was hard to see him like that. Um, shout out to Bill Clinton. <laughs> oh, God. Bill Clinton, honey, he had a, he got his full life, honey. He lived. He got a, he got a couple naps in. It was a long time, though. I just want to shout out to everyone who was actually at the funeral, who actually stuck it out. I want to shout out everybody who was on the stage, who sat there for the whole time and didn't get a snack. They didn't get a bathroom break. Shout out to them. I was like, everybody who attended that funeral needs union representation. They They have really worked hard. They've worked really hard. And I think that we need to acknowledge their contribution. They deserve a week-long vacation. I agree. For sure. Somebody needs sh- to, everyone should have got an honorarium, a stipend, something. Shout out to the sleepers, because that's Honey. me all day. <laughs> I mean, and the people, I mean, it's viral. And I just, like, that would be the, me. <laughs> the people have really, 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 really gotten their lives. Never, never did you think that because you went to Aretha Franklin's funeral, which was nine hours, and you took a nap, now you're going now you're going to be a meme for the rest of your life. Mm-mm. God bless I, you. I don't mind. I wouldn't mind because I I know I would not be able to stay up all that time. I just felt like I would have had to bring my movie purse and would have been complete. I mean, rife with all manner of snacks. Must. I mean, they should. I hope that they had some food downstairs for the people to kind of you know go and get something in. I know they heard a lot of this. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I am absolutely sure. Cause because somebody was pulling mints out. I said because I mean your blood sugar drops. I mean. I, <laughs> I don't know. I f- but yeah, Aretha's going home. I don't know if she's yet in the ground or has been interred. There's no way that they t- went to any kind of cemetery after that service. They couldn't um, have. Because it Ooh, was this night. this going a little long. Let me get a word this. Nightfall. <laughs> nightfall. But um, yeah, man, it's always a good time. It's always Black a good time. Black events are always, uh, they're always a good time. I- we, we will have, and thanks to YouTube, we will forever have many of the memories from Aretha's Fune. We can continue to relive it over and over and over again. Absolutely. And with that being said, the trash is done. Woo! Spent. We could have had a whole episode about this funeral. But. Could have. <laughs> Somebody asked us to do a repast for the funeral. We should have. We should have. I don't know. What do you think was served at Aretha's repast? Well, I definitely know there was there was canned green beans, just because if you had that bishop speak, I know y'all had canned green beans. Uh, like, I just I wonder- know it. I don't know. I feel like Aretha wouldn't have had no regular degular Baptist church repast, though. I'm sure that it was catered. She didn't plan it, though. And the family, you know. Mm. I'm sure there was fish and spaghetti. I'm hoping that there, I hope that they had, you know, some good barbecue or something. It was fish and spaghetti and um, definitely some chicken wings. 
I hope nobody bought store-bought potato salad unless it was from Publix. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I just, I, I, I think it was just all manner of like black, just all manner of collard greens and, you know, um, smothered turkey legs. There had to have been some smothered turkey legs. I feel like that's appropriate for, for Riri. Um, what do you think they had? I mean, smothered turkey legs sounds appropriate. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes. Maybe with like some dressing or a good rice. A good rice because you can put the gravy over mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was definitely some of that. Maybe a little corn. Um, it was a black funeral, so the salad definitely had five dressings to the side of it. And one of them definitely included um, French dressing thousand island you know niggas love thousand ranch and um you know it's probably like you know just like lettuce and iceberg and tomatoes some croutons and cheese because you know we don't really no not much maybe a couple (laughs) slivers of carrot or you know a couple slivers of carrot and perhaps like a cucumber and a half maybe 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 no tomatoes though no tomatoes uh uh-uh i don't do tomatoes (laughs) you don't do tomatoes black people it probably has some red onion in there though Oh, you know that's we good for a red onion. But like it's a little sweet. It has a little flavor to it. Oh <laughs> but I know there was a lot of French dressing in the house. Catalina. <laughs> you Catalina. know niggas love a Catalina. A no. Catalina dressing. Oddly colored salad dressing. Listen. I'm like, what is this Polynesian sauce all over this iceberg oh lettuce? Oh my god, it's so thick. It's like Ooh. literally like sweet and sour sauce for dressing. Ooh, all over your salad. That's not a salad because, first of all, iceberg lettuce has zero nutritional value. Zero. It's literally water. It's water and GMOs. Just so y'all, just in case you all were wondering, let's move on to the shout out. Our sis is popping right now. Like. Our sis is popping. Yeah. This is a two time shout out, but we had to shout out our boo, Allison Mache. I believe I believe um, her sister wrote in for the graduation announcements, and we've yeah. shouted Allison out uh, for her photography skills before because she did a sickening shoot for Kia Indeed. for Team Type and Fast. Um, but she's got a new site, AllisonMache.com, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-M-I-C-H-E. We'll be sure to put it in the description box. Allison has shot me and XD. She's shot Kia. She shot our friend Janae for her wedding. She is just super talented, and her website is poppin'. so professional and popping. <laughs> oh, who is this on the portraits? If you click on the portraits tab, <laughs> it's my good sis Kia and her beautiful and her beautiful portrait from her team typing fast. But make sure you check out Allison Mache if you are in the Washington D.C. area. Um, She's in D.C. Where's she at? In Florida? Yeah. Oh, shit. She moves so damn much. She's not in D.C. Well, if you're in the Florida. Florida. (laughs) And she does travel. So check out her website if you're interested in working with her in any capacity. Just reach out to her. All of her contact information is available in there. Support her. She's super talented. Very. Um, And, yeah, we're excited about all the things that are coming up for her. Allison is also, she models herself. She is one Miss Jamaica, Florida. So she knows how to get you together, how to tell you how to pose. And on top of that, shoot you. Because for those of us who don't have any kind of body awareness at all. Hi, hello. She will actually tell you exactly what to do so that your pictures come out flawless. That's why she will always be my photographer. (laughs) Because I don't know what I'm doing. Um, But yes, you guys, you guys check it out. 
Um, and yeah, shout out to you, Allison. We miss you, boo. Come back. Yeah, I, Allison. I never. I, I've known Allison to live in Jersey, in New York, in DC, and in Florida. So I n- I'm not sure ever where she lives. <laughs> but, but I am proud of her. I'm super proud of her. So make sure you guys support Black women. Um, and check out all of the information in the description box if you're looking for somebody to take some sickening pictures. Let's go on and move on to this kitchen table, though. Today's episode is also brought to you by Timmy. Timmy is an all-natural tea that helps with low energy, bloating, trouble sleeping, weakened immune systems, and even skincare problems. Everyone holds about 10 to 15 pounds of toxins in their colon. Gross. From junk food and cheat meals. My personal cheat meal has anything to do with rice. I... I don't know what it is that I I just have an inappropriate relationship with delicious (laughs) rice, but I like French fries. Oh, my God. Uh, And see also like pizza. And I'm not even going to say fried chicken because that fried chicken is actually a part of my life. But anyway, either way. (laughs) Um, But if it's those toxins from those uh, wonderfully terrible foods um, that cause bloating, low energy and issues with weight loss by adding Timmy to your routine. You'll start getting rid of the toxins that are holding your body back so you can feel more energetic and lose weight naturally. Detoxing can be helpful for many natural body functions, and the Teamy Blends 30-Day Detox Program is easy for everyone, no matter your fitness level. All you do is drink your Teamy Skinny in the morning to help with energy and boost your metabolism, and then you drink the colon cleanse every night, every other night, to help with bloating. The Teamy Detox isn't just for weight loss, it's to improve your health. This is really important for me, especially since I have, you know, autoimmune conditions. And a lot of times, any inflammation in my body can manifest itself as pain. And the Teamy products have been helpful to me in kind of keeping all of the terrible things out of my system to keep my inflammation down. And hopefully, I mean, which actually keeps my pain down and all that. So I'm really a big fan of Teamy for these reasons. To get started, go to TeamyBlends.com and use the code GROWN for 25% off at checkout. That's the code GROWN at TeamyBlends.com for 25% off. Do that, do that, do that. It's time for the Kitchen Table Talk, boys and girls, men and women, cats and dogs, um, panties and bleach, uh, wash basins and bras. It's Labor Day weekend. And... (laughs) And uh, we wanted to keep it light. So I was, I can't remember what I was doing. I told Kia, I've been trying to think about this for the past couple of days. I was doing something and something came up and I was like, Noah is never, ever, ever going to remember that. She's, she's never going to know of this. She's never going to know of this, which is why this episode is so beautifully titled. Noah will never know. (laughs) Things Noah will never know. Um, and it's really sad, actually. Noah is the last, this is not part of the list because she does know this, but she's like literally that last little generation who knows what Toys R Us is. Because when we pass the vacant parking lots with the Toys R Us sign, she's always like, remember when you took me there? Can we go? And we're like, no, baby, we can't go because they're no longer open, unfortunately. Um, all of the toy stores are going to be extinct by the time you're 12. So... We came up with a list of things, and I'm sure we might come up with some as we continue to speak, but a list of things that we vividly remember in our childhood that Noah is literally never going to know anything about. Noah will never know what it's like to page somebody. Do they still have pagers? I 
you know what? Let mm-hmm. me go on down to uh, church in Flatbush and see because if anybody's going to have a pager, it's going to be the niggas right there on that corner. I'll ask them if they still have them. But as far as I am concerned, no. I believe that pagers have become extinct. What do you need them for anymore? I don't know. I feel like doctors might still have them. I feel like they use cell phones. Don't they all use iPhones at this point? I would hope so. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's a good question. If you guys know whether or not doctors have pagers, (laughs) um, if you actually, maybe we can start a thing. If you know of one phone booth, in your in your town in your city if you know where where one phone booth still exists take a picture of it and send, send it to, to us, us. Uh, or actually just tweet it and use the hashtag like i found a payphone or something i don't know <laughs> getting grown no getting one will grown. never know <laughs> no one will never know we can have like a payphone tour we can go and see all the payphones that are left phone booths and payphones all 12 of them in america Good times. It's gonna be a blast. But Noah's no, she's never gonna really know what a pager is. There's no reason for her generation to know what a pager is. By the by, the time she gets old enough to even have a job, they're gonna be able to like telepathically think about what they need to oh do and let and let them know like you gotta come into work. Telepathically. <laughs> um, another thing that Noah will never ever know about are encyclopedias. I remember- look it up. I remember, or like going to the library and having like like a card catalog. There were still card catalogs when I was in elementary school, but I am older yes. than most of you. But um, um, yeah, encyclopedias. I remember downstairs in my in the den in my grandma's house, there was a um, a set of encyclopedia, and I remember like writing my first little book reports. And papers yes. in elementary school and having to go downstairs and get the encyclopedia. And like now that we have Google, like do do people still I don't know if people buy like those things because I mean information it updates gets so updates. quickly. Yeah, it updates and changes so fast. I don't really know if, you know, getting like that's crazy. But yeah, encyclopedia. Um Encyclopedia Britannica. Encyclopedia Britannica. I don't think we had Britannica, but we had something else. Um, I know do they still print like almanacs. I need to like go to the library. There's a beautiful library. Same. Um, that's not far from my house. I'm just going to go and ask them if they have these things because I think that it'll just be cool. She's never going to know what it's like to, to to check a book out in the library and have to put her little name on the back of the on card the and slide it. <laughs> not even on the back of the, not even slide it. But like, I remember when it wasn't even like a card. You literally, literally had to write your name. There was like a, a yep. chart or something yep. in the back of in the book. book. You have to write your name. Like Takia has this car, has this book, and then the date that it was due. I oh, she's gosh. she's never gonna know that. That's crazy. That is so crazy. I know. Um, you know what else Noah will never know about? Overhead projectors. Oh my god! With, with the transparency, <laughs> with the transparencies. I remember, like, I would have never. A lot of times when I think back to like long division and multiplication, I actually see my teachers doing like working out the math on the overhead and it was and so cool <laughs> it was like oh my god yes i'm gonna write exactly what miss carrie is writing right now and then i'll know how to do this every time they turned those lights off and brought that over overhead projector uh, and the, that array of colorful markers i mean I all the transparencies <laughs> remember my my teacher yes. used to have like a binder full of transparencies and then you had like yes. the transparency cleaner yes liquid. you had to wipe it off and they wipe it oh, so they fun. wipe it while you're looking and you just be like 
this is just so cool. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, it's gone just like that. We could just start over. That's crazy. So crazy. That's crazy. I didn't even think about overhead projectors. Does, do they have like the penmanship books and like fat pencils still? I don't think. Uh, yes, they do because Noah has um, penmanship books. Mm-hmm. Actually, she wishes to do her letters. But you know what? She's never going to know. Does she write script? Do they teach them how to write script? That's exactly what it's about. They don't do cursive in school anymore. Mm, mm, mm. These I don't kids, know how I even feel about that. I I don't think I like it very much. What I mean, are their signatures going to give? My I, And honestly, I should not be judgy because my signature is not in cursive <laughs> at all. Mine um, is um, in Klingon. <laughs> my, <laughs> it's in hieroglyphic. Mine is actually... <laughs> We got mine's in music notes. <laughs> I actually, I actually credit. I stopped going to Catholic school, um, and when I started public school, and I let the white girls tell me. I mean, I let the the black girls in my class tell me that I write like a white girl, and then I ruined my penmanship. What the hell does that even mean? Real talk, like I had penmanship. It was nice. It was a lot like my mom's is right now. But um, because they were all writing in those stupid bubble block letters, oh. they were looking at my paper like, he write like a white girl. And I ruined my own handwriting. So now I, I actually have the memory. I know exactly who said it. I kind of want to call her name. But I know the <laughs> girl who said it. Say it. She actually said, why you write like that? And I was like, what do you mean? She was like, you write like a white girl. And me being insecure and self-conscious, I started to write like them and What's I ruined name? my penmanship. I want to know where she lives. I want to know what she's doing with herself now. Like, where do you work? Like, at the Target or? I don't know where she works. <laughs> she work at the. We actually went work? all the way through high school together. And Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> I actually went through high school with her and I remember like it was a memory that I held on to for a long time. But, bruh, I'm telling you, I ruined my handwriting. And, I mean, I have to that own simple, it. Bitch. It was me. It was me. It was me being insecure. That was, I should have learned that lesson a long time ago. Not to let hating people, like, you know, bring you down. Because my handwriting was really nice. It actually was a lot like my mom's. My mom's handwriting right now is perfect. And I've always been jealous of it. And I just, I regret it. Woefully, like, woeful regret about the time that I let that girl come for me in my handwriting. Well, you can go visit her at the Smash Burger on Broadway in <laughs> <and> 225. <laughs> and oh, let's go man. let her know how she ruined it. Yeah, the girls don't. The, the children are not learning penmanship anymore. Oh, like cursive. I don't like and it. And I don't I, know if I, I like it. I don't like it. You need to learn. You need to know how to write your upper and lowercase cursive letters. You need to know how that D curls. Like, you need to know how. I don't. Look, I'm getting upset. I'm getting upset. <laughs> I'm getting Throwing upset. things. Just throw things, please. I'm upset. And I'm upset at that girl for messing up your beautiful handwriting. It was so good. And now it's so terrible. You know, we used to say some stupid ass shit when we were young to other people. Like one girl told me one time, she's like, you got white girl feet. What does that mean? (laughs) What does that mean? I'll never forget that. And I remember saying to her like, what the hell does that mean? (laughs) White girl, there is no such thing. (laughs) Kids say like, kids say like the most like i remember i can we probably have an episode of the crazy things that other kids have said to us because i think yes i think about the time when i was in this is when i changed my name to lisa when i hated my name what i changed my name to lisa in the second grade because i hated my name and because this white girl um literally came up to me and asked me what's a tequila 
And I was like, what oh, do you mean? No. She was like, what's a tequila? I've never heard of that. Like, what's a tequila? And I was like, me, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it really did. It affected me, like, legit, to the extent that I told my teacher that I was no longer tequila and I changed my name to Lisa Robinson. Oh and I wrote God. Lisa Robinson on all my papers. And I did it for, like, three weeks. And then my teacher was like, this is the thing. And she called my mom and was like, I'm not really sure what's going on with Takia, but she is not answering to her name. <laughs> and I was like, my mom asked me about it. I remember the conversation. I was just like, girl, the people don't know what a Takia is. So my name is Lisa now. And she was like, you can't change it. And I was like, yes, I can. I already did. Like, <laughs> oh my God. I already changed it. it it's done. And then oh. my mom went on this campaign for like months. And she bought me like Takia t-shirts and Takia name bag. <laughs> I had pencil pouches. I had that was my first Takia nameplate. Oh. She put it on my book bag. It was a thing. Because I... she was like, Takia is a beautiful name. It is a name that I gave you. <laughs> I think that it is wonderful. And it like she you don't let anybody tell you that you you are not yourself. You What's are a Takia? Just like <laughs> Listen, the girl asked me, and I didn't know the answer. So I just said, my name is Lisa. Like, I, like, I was thinking very... No, kids are cruel. <laughs> she looked my me sister- in my face and said, what's a tequila? And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> I Oh, my God. I'm literally crying over here. Bruh. My, my sister, she had thick ankles. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, when she was younger, she had, like, Alicia Keys legs. Like, she was... Oh, you know, so she had, she had a cankle. She had a cankle. So okay. I, remember, I remember one time we were in the neighborhood. And this is one of them times we'd be feeling bad because it's like we'd be wanting to defend your siblings. And I ended up doing it. But before, I had to laugh because this boy rode by. And he was like, Paige, how you got ankle socks on with no ankles? Oh, <laughs> that is traumatizing. <laughs> and I, oh, my was, God. She probably had a complex for the rest of her life. In the fifth grade, somebody told me, fifth grade, in the fifth grade, somebody told me that I had thunder thighs. And that is what spiked. That spiked. That was the first, that was the first time that I was like, I got to go on a diet. I was in the fifth grade. That was the first time I thought I needed to go on a diet too. I was like, I'm fat. It's like, you got thunder thighs. I was like, what does that even mean? I don't understand. That's so mean. I don't understand. Now oh my god now we got t-shirts and shit thick thighs save lives and listen shit. and now the girls are nigga. pumping themselves full of fix a flat full of it on time but in listen. wd-40 when they start creaking <laughs> <laughs> listen k michelle is snotting and crying all over vh1 talking about all the damage that she's done to her body <laughs> how she should have never laid on that hotel bed and let that man shoot them shots in her butt cheeks oh my god girl. um i made that up <laughs> Don't sue us. Do you remember when call waiting? Oh my God, yes. I remember when it first became be. a thing. Yes. yes. No, we'll never know a world where your mother screams at you. I'm waiting on a phone call. <laughs> Get off the phone. Well, when my mother was not screaming, she would literally just pick up the pick phone up and the be phone. like, hello, yeah. Takia, you need yep. to get off my phone right now. And Same. I'm like, but we're, I mean, right now. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yep. well, I gotta go. She would literally, and my mom would pick up the phone, and then after she would say that she needed to use the phone, she'd be like, and who are you talking to? Right. I'm like, that is wild and literally embarrassing. Literally just hang, hang uh, pick up the phone and just be like, hello, who is this? Uh, Girl. Noah, Noah will never know house phones. Dang. She's never going, she's never going to know that. You don't have that. a house phone? 
Nah, man. I have a house number, but no phone. I have a house number, but no phone. Too. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> it's literally like no phone in here, but there is a number. But there's a number because sometimes when I'm watching TV, if I happen to be watching the cable. It comes up on the screen. It comes up. I'm getting a phone call. I'm like, well, I don't know who that is because nobody um, has this. Nobody has the number. That's what blows my mind. I'm like, I've never, I don't even know this number by heart. I've never given it out to anyone. Who is never. calling me? I don't know it. I don't know what our house is. This is what I'm is. saying. I, I don't. I know the area code, but that's about it. I think ours um, is 718. It is so crazy. My mom still has a house phone. And so my, does my grandma. My parents do not have a house phone anymore, but they did for a long time. That's actually the phone number that I use for my CVS receipts. Ah. My CVS savings. <laughs> what's crazy at Stop and Shop, well, it's giant down here, but it's the same thing. Stop and Shop here, uh-huh. So, at Stop and Shop and CVS, I still use my mom's house phone from New York. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh-huh. literally, like, yeah, it's like li- nobody lives there. It's probably not even a number anymore, but we're not changing it as far as CVS and Rite Aid and Walgreens no. and the supermarket is concerned. No, I still use my parents' house phone. What you uh-huh. got? We got, uh, so also, uh, okay, this, I, I still have one in my house, so I don't feel no kind of way, but VCRs, <laughs> I have a VCR, and if anybody got anything to say about it, we can actually fight, because I got VHS tapes with stuff on it that I need to watch, and I'm going to keep it, I'm and I mean, mad. it I feel, still works. No, I'm not mad. It still I think works. I have a VCR record, uh, rewinder that, come on, that became a thing. <laughs> Because we needed something to rewind the tapes extremely fast. Quickly. Because oh it was God. stupid watching them while you were rewinding them on a TV. Uh, I mean, I saw that you put TV antennas on the list, but I feel like I have seen an antenna recently. Really? Yeah. like Because there are still people who don't have cable, but you can access like your basic like ABS, CBS, Fox, and NBC if you have an antenna. There's like a little box um, huh. that you could use. But yeah. Really? Oh, it's Absolutely. a box though, but they're never going to know the struggle of the foil the foil on the TV antenna. But it does have an antenna. It's the antenna attached to it, but it's not like the antennas, the old antennas. Like, you know, with cordless phones used to have the antenna that you raise up? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, she's never going to know a cordless phone. Well, I she's mean. Never gonna, because she's never going to know a house phone. Well, she's never going to know a house. If she, comes to my, if she comes to my grandma's house ever, we're going to show her a house phone. Be like, Noah, this is a house phone. <laughs> oh, what? It's a phone that stays in the house. It does not move. It's a cell phone for everybody? No. No, <laughs> no it's not. It. No, it is not. not. I did put TV antennas because I really thought that wasn't a thing anymore. It's totally a thing. Um, nope. Boom boxes and portable Disman. <sighs> CD players. Do you remember? Like, now I think about I often think about Disman. I actually feel like I saw one. Somebody had a Disman at the gym. And when I tell you I had a hearty, the, the heartiest of laughs. I saw somebody with this man on the train. Like literally holding it? Yep. With a CD book. (laughs) I still have a CD player in my car, so I keep my CDs. Me too. Even though the CDs are like in my house. Like I don't carry CDs around in my car anymore, but if I need to listen to a CD, I totally can. Have you ever, did you have those big black CD books? Yes, I still have one. (sighs) Mine got stolen out of my locker at work. I had like three big ones where you put the album cover in the front and you put the seed Mm -hmm. in the disc behind it and you'd be real pissed off when you saw that album cover and that disc wouldn't be there. 
I she'll never know the struggle of the of the huge having to carry your CDs around with you because every, she, now she just be like, "Can you play my playlist?" <laughs> in the car. We've created a Noah playlist on Spotify. She's like, "Can you play my playlist?" That's actually adorable. It is, but it's sad that she's never going to know the the joys of the CD book. Read mm-hmm. the lyrics in the jacket cover like she's never going to know what a um a cassette tape is either. Oh, I miss cassette tapes. What was your first cassette tape? Have we have we had that before? Um, like the first one I bought by myself. Uh, okay, or, yeah. Because I mean, first? we had cassette tapes in my house all the time, and it was probably something like. What was your? Do you remember your first cassette tape? Maybe even that was given to you. Mm. Uh, cassette, uh, my first cassette was probably something churchy probably like John P. Key or something I can actually see the cassette in my brain but I remember another cassette like the single I remember like maybe it was the first single I bought or something or but I can actually see like the single and it was it was uh, Ladies Night Little Kim and Missy <laughs> and, and Angie Martinez and Left Eye Yes. I told totally. Ladies Night, what? It must be Angie oh on the mic. I can see it. I can see it was like white and it had like blue writing on, like little Kim on the front. And it had all their it. pictures. I remember that. But yes. My first tape was The Boys. Oh my God. I've Lucky Charms, Dial My Heart. Trying to figure <laughs> out how she yes. does it to me. me. <laughs> I miss the boy. I don't understand how she takes a man and changes his personality. Them niggas is eleven years old. Yeah. They were five singing, <laughs> singing about women. <laughs> what are you? Ooh, oh God! My lucky charm. Oh my God! She's my lucky charm. She's mine, mine, <laughs> oh mine. I didn't have. I didn't remember. I don't know. As I'm saying, I know that the the ladies' night one was probably really late, and I was probably a teenager. That was probably the first one that I brought. But that's what I'm saying. Those kind of cassettes didn't exist in my house because Rhonda wasn't buying that stuff. No, I hear. Uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> Um. But yeah, uh, we got to move forward because we're moving on. But a couple things I do want to address that Noah will never know: Oregon Trail, Blockbuster, yes, and Blockbuster. She will never be able to, like, now you can literally just rent Netflix and Hulu. You can literally just watch whatever you want, whenever you want. So you can even rent movies from, like, iTunes. Like, I rented Black Panther the other day. Or when yeah. I was traveling, like, I rented Black Panther and watched it, and downloaded it to my iPad so I can watch it on the plane. Um, but Oregon Trail. I have a child who watches Black Panther every day. Do they have Oregon Trail for Noah? I don't think Is so. Is it, like, an app? If there's an Oregon Trail app, I will buy it for her. You know what? Because we need that. That's what the game needs. The game needs an organ trail. And those big Apple Macs with the with the with the green with the black screen with the green letters. She's never going to know what a desktop is. No, but they, Yo! Have, they have they have organ trail apps. Oh my gosh. But they have um they have iMacs. Do they? Yeah. I don't think they're gonna exist anymore when she gets older. No, they have desktop Macs. I actually want one. I want a desktop for the house because my mother always she kept the desktop when they came, you know, when desktops became a thing. She kept the desktop in the house for us to be able to do homework and stuff like that. I'm gonna but get one. I'm gonna get an iMac, but they're really pretty. Big. Screens. I can also monitor 
<laughs> monitor what she's doing on a desktop. I can monitor what she's doing on anything, be perfectly honest. But anyway, we might have to do a part two to this episode because there's a whole laundry list of things. Y'all let us know. I was actually, I don't know if I was having like deja vu or whatever, but I was like, have we talked about this before? I don't know. Maybe we have. I think we talked about um, like not things Noah will never know, but just stuff from our childhood. But these are specific things that are no longer. Okay. I don't know. We're getting up there in the episode, so I don't know. There will be things that we probably repeat. I was sitting here like, haven't we talked about this? But maybe we didn't. Maybe. Um, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. You guys, let us know what we've missed, if there's anything on, on our list that we have neglected to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, anything that's not on, anything we've neglected to put on our list, let us know. Um, and, yeah, let's, let's move on to the honesty box. Let's do it. Honestly. Truly. All right, y'all, it's time for the honesty box. Let's get right into it. What up, Jade and Kia? I absolutely love your podcast. It's the only one I listen to regularly. You two always have gems. That's so nice. Gems to distribute for each occasion. Thank you for all your hard work to keep us listeners happy and laughing along with you each week. You can call me Monica. Okay. It's just one of them days. I am a 26 year old. Maybe she did. Maybe she didn't. I'm a 26-year-old college-educated black woman living on my own for the past four years. I was raised in a very strict household, and while I do not share the same religious beliefs as my family, we are still quite close. I have four siblings, and I consider them to be my closest friends. About two months ago, I started seeing a 29-year-old man who grew up in the same faith. We met 10 years ago at a family cookout and have been on a couple of dates, but at the time, there were no sparks. When we recently reconnected, I was thrilled at the prospect of dating someone who has shared many of my same experiences. My upbringing has always been a barrier for me and my relationships, romantic or otherwise, as I never fully feel understood. The problem is that he has been publicly shunned by the organization, so he is forbidden to socialize with anyone within the same religion, i.e. my family. Last month, I was admitted to the hospital for a few days for emergency surgery. Don't worry, I'm fine now. On one occasion, my boyfriend was visiting me when my brother walked in. My brother holds a high position within the religion, but when he saw my boyfriend, he clearly panicked and greeted him, um, although protocol is for them to ignore each other. Ridiculous, I know. Okay, so her she was in the hospital. Her boyfriend was there with her. Her brother walked in, and her brother, I guess, is not supposed to speak to the boyfriend um, because that's protocol that they because of her boyfriend if she said earlier her boyfriend has been uh publicly shunned by the religion so i guess that means he can't socialize with anybody within the same religion um when he saw my boyfriend he clearly panicked and greeted him although protocol is for them to ignore each other Ridiculous, I know. A few weeks later, my siblings staged an intervention about me stating that they are concerned about my morals. I responded, I feel like I know what's going on here. I responded by making it known that I am an adult who can make my own decisions and that I have never shared their religious beliefs. I have not really seen or spoken to them since, and I'm worried that if I continue in this relationship that my siblings will want to keep their distance from me as well. When I discuss this with my boyfriend, he says that he understands that the situation must be devastating for me, but he intends to treat me right, which is all that should really matter. I've mentioned the situation to my father, who also does not share the same beliefs as the family, and he says he's willing to form an opinion after getting to know my boyfriend first. It should be noted that my parents are still happily married, even after my father has chosen to leave the religion. 
I'm worried that this is such a weighted dilemma for a relationship this new, but I feel forced to make a decision before really understanding my own feelings since my hospital visit has brought the same has brought the situation to light before I can get in front of it. Should I end my relationship with my boyfriend just because my family will never get to know him? Should I create clear boundaries so that my romantic life and family life never intertwine? Thank you so much for reading my letter and weekly hour. You all have me laughing hysterically in my office. Warmest regards, Monica. I think I understand exactly what's going on here. Um, she's part of a religion that her boyfriend also grew up in. It looks like her boyfriend was probably announced or some in some sort of form of fashion that he um, is no longer part of the religion. So he's not supposed to socialize with anybody in that religion. She, Her family is all part of that religion. And she's worried that they are never going to accept her relationship. And should she break up with her boyfriend because of that? Uh, oh, God. Okay. I understand. I think I fully understand um, exactly what she's dealing with. And I've somewhat gone through the same thing a little bit. Um, not to this degree, not saying my family and I share different views, but maybe some some of the, some different views. Um, and they're not always happy with my particular vantage point. And it's gotten to the point now where and also like I've been questioned about my morals and so forth and so on, just from things that they don't agree with that are not necessarily attached to morals. Um but I have gotten to and um, so I'm going to be fully transparent here. I got pregnant before we were married and my parents didn't believe in having sex before marriage or any of that. A lot of people's parents don't believe in that. But I was grown as hell. Uh, they were not happy, my mother especially, and it caused a huge a huge thing uh, in our family for a while to the point where, you know, it could have, I chanced if my mother was ever going to accept my husband, my now husband. And they are the best of friends. Now, at this point, they are going, they, they do business things together. <laughs> they text each other, all of that. Uh, but she had to, I had to get to a point where I stopped letting um, stopped letting what they said bother me so much when I knew that I lived differently than what they thought I lived, if that makes any sense. Um, and it took a long time to get there because I we used to get into some heated debates, arguments, and uh, it would really, really, really upset me for years. And it really bothered me for years. And we have finally kind of gotten to a place. I just went down there to visit them. And we have moments where we have discussions and they want to sit down and have talks and so forth and so on. And I've kind of just gotten to a point where I sit down with my family. I respect where they're coming from, but I'm also very firm in who I am, what I want and what I don't want. And we've had to get to that place of respect, mutual respect for each other. As far as your relationship, you can't control that. But if you're happy in it, then you can't let anybody, including your family, and not say if it's if it's not a harmful relationship. And this is not a harmful situation, it sounds like. You can't let 
other people influence your decisions so much in your life where you might end up doing things that don't make you happy, such as being with somebody who you love because they don't observe the same or they're not supposed to talk to him. They have to get over that. Or maybe they won't get over it. But that's not their decision to make. That's your decision to make. They're not the ones who have to be married to this person. They're not the ones who have to communicate with this person. They're not the ones who have to build a life with this person. And I understand this is early, so I'm just talking from, you know, a future standpoint. But this is your this is this is your life. And at some point you have to put your foot down and say, These my decisions are my decisions. And if I'm not making decisions that are harming myself, then you guys have to respect that. Word. I'm sorry, I did a lot of talking there. No, no. Go forth. I mean, I feel like you're better positioned to answer this question than I am. I think that um I certainly I don't know. I guess the only thing that that I kept thinking while Jade was talking was it is your decision to make. I and I think as long as you can um as long as you have I would make sure that you're just make sure that you're making this decision on your own. This is not you're you're not reacting or coming from, you know, just I'm doing this in order to make peace in my family, but make sure that you want to, that you're with the person because you want to be with them and for the reasons that you want to be in a relationship. And it is something I don't think that's going to go away. I think it's a conversation that's going to need to be had. Um, it's going to continue to come up. This conversation is going to need to be had between you and your and your boyfriend. And I think you need to think really deeply about what it is that you want from this relationship and from your life in general. And then you need to make sure that your decision making is aligned with those things. You know, we have to find uh, some sort of balance between maintaining healthy relationships with our family and then asserting our independence but also being conscious and, co- and cognizant of all the different factors or circumstances that might, you know, lead to everyone's, you know, perspectives and vantage points. I just, I know it's really hard, but I guess what I'm trying to say is make sure that you're thinking objectively and being conscious of your emotions, but making sure that you're not reacting from an emotional place. Because yeah. um, you want to make sure that you're making a sound and solid decision that works best for you. You, not him and not your family. Not him, not your family, but make sure that you're doing what Monica wants to do um, and what's best for Monica, what aligns with Monica's personal values and beliefs, what aligns with uh, even Monica's religious or spiritual beliefs. And I think that should be your, like where you make your decisions from, not from, you know, any other place. So it's going to be something you're going to have to go within yourself to figure out how to do. There's no right or wrong here. I don't think Jada or I is in a position to say, stay with him or leave him. It's something that you're going to have to decide. No. Yeah. I just want you to, um, I'm I'm literally coming from the standpoint of having complicated <laughs> relationship with family. Um, a lot of it based off of religion or um even specific things within that. And uh, so that's why I'm, I'm literally coming, I'm coming from my mother telling me she would have never accepted my relationship to now talking to my husband more than she talks to myself. Um, and I'm not saying that every relationship turns out like that, 
but I had to move forward with what was best for myself and what what was the best decision for me. And I could not let Tristan or my family influence that. It it was strictly about what I wanted, what was important to me. And some and the other thing too is that a lot of times family can guilt you into making you feel like you not choosing solely them means that you're not being loyal to your family or what have you or that they're not important to you. And that's not fair. It's not fair for either side to do that because two things can be true at the same time like he always says. You can love your family and love this person and it doesn't mean you love your family less because you choose to do something that they don't agree with. And that's what I have a problem with. Yeah, totally. I think the ways in which we um, even consider and think about like what it means to be, to, to express your love. So like there will be times in every relationship where you will disagree with someone who you love and care for very deeply. But I think a lot of times we attribute like allegiance and loyalty to like, you know, agreement. And those are, that's not fair. So I think that Jade makes a, a great point in that you have to be strong in your conviction um, to both your partner and your family and say, listen, I may have to, I make a choice. I may, I may make a choice that you may not agree with. And that does not necessarily mean that I love you any less, but this is a choice that I'm making uh, because this is what is best for me. And, th- and I, I believe, and you have a right as an adult to make a decision. You also have a right as an adult to change your mind. Um, and no, no one, not your family or your partner, is in a position to question the authority that you have over your life and your decisions. Um, I agree. So, yeah, I hope that um, it's helpful. I'm really sorry that you're dealing with this difficult thing. But, you know, this is what adulting is all about. We're faced with um, different circumstances and scenarios where we have to have a have a, a strong conviction and make a decision and really be responsible for the consequences of that decision and, and like no one else can carry that but us so this is not something that you know advice is good and I mean hopefully um, like I said what we're sharing is helpful but at the end of the day it's going to be about what you make uh, what you decide to do as far as you're concerned and I just hope that you're affirmed and empowered in knowing that you have that capacity and you know not only to deal with it if it if it works out favorably but you also have the the capacity um to deal with it if things fall apart like whatever you decide to do it could be it could blow up in your face but just know that like jay said how it is right now it doesn't always have to stay that way so even if it does become this big blowout between your family or a big blowout between your partner you're going to survive it regardless so um don't don't think about it and when you have that perspective it may take some of the pressure off like you know either way i'm going to make a choice for me right now if i learn later on and get more information and learn later on that that wasn't the right choice then i can own and stand up in that too because i mean we've all done that as well like this is what i thought was the best thing to do at the time i later learned that that wasn't it i dealt with the consequences and i moved forward and that's really the long and the short of it so, yeah, um, keep sending in your honesty box questions um, and hopefully, I mean, you know, we're trying to get through them as quick and efficiently as we can. We really, uh, we don't take it lightly that you guys share such, um, you know, serious, substantive, intimate issues and concerns with us. And we really appreciate the fact that you 
value our input and, you know, the community that we're building here on Getting Grown. So continue to do that. Keep us updated. And we're looking forward um, to hearing all, um, you know, as we're looking forward to continuing to figure out adulting together. So let's move on to the petty pee. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey. All right, it's petty pee time. And I am prepared today because... It's summer, and we know that, you know, that often means that, you know, we're dealing with warm temperatures and humidity and all things that, that you know, make us sweat. Um, my my petty peeve is for those of you who get into close quarters um, with full awareness that you are sweaty and you smell like outside, and you not only... Um, <laughs> You know, and it's not even that. It's not even that. And I know sometimes we can't help it, right? So you got to get upstairs. You got to get in the elevator to get wherever you're going. But I do wish that we would be more mindful of these things and be proactive about the ways in which we manage our body odors. Uh, using deodorant and, you know, showering regularly. Because my petty peeve is I'm really tired of getting into musty elevators. I'm tired of getting into elevators that smell like outside I'm tired of getting into elevators that smell like all day. Mm. Because when I come home from work, mm. have to have to put up with, with you know, work things and all manner of stress and being a grown-up and a professional and out here making hard decisions and, you know, moving and grooving and trying to be organized and intentional about all the responsibilities that I have. Um, and then I have to be literally, uh, oh, my God, like I am... Accosted. accosted by all manner of scents and odors in the elevator. And I'm so close to being in my home, you know, my place of refuge, my own personal sanctuary. But before I get there, I got to deal with y'all musty, musty necks and underarms. <laughs> and I hate it. It smells like, ooh, ooh. It just, I hate must. And I know that I'm getting old now because I get my mother used to have the same disgust. We would come home and she'd be like, Y'all smell like outside. Outside. And now I feel like I get in the elevator and be like, This elevator smells like outside. And it just mm -hmm. blows me. Cause sometimes it's not even just your funk up under your arm. Sometimes it's you smell like outside. You smell get like you outside. Some body care. They have a cleansing mist. Or not even, like you smell, and I know that some people, you know, sometimes, you, I'm not a sweater, but I understand that sometimes we cannot control the, you know, degree to which we perspire, because I get it, it's hot and it's humid and it's sticky, but I feel like there are things that we can do as adults to really kind of cut that down. I don't know if it's showering more frequently, I don't know if it's, if it's you know, wearing better deodorant, I don't know what it is, but y'all be smelling like outside. Funky. And I hate it. That's really all I got to say. No, that's real. Um, Lone Body Care, get you some. They have a whole line of things you can use to spray your body down. If you choose to ride your bike to work, you know what Ugh. I'm saying? Figure out how you can, you know, get it together so that we don't have to smell you and your, and your ride to work all day. Because I do not want to smell you. I want to make that absolutely clear. Don't, don't have any desire whatsoever. Um, and your Axe Spray... That is also not going to help. It's that childish. Funk. It's just going to be axe spray with funk. If you are an adult, you ain't got no business with axe spray in the begin in the in the first place. In the first place, my uh my petty peeve is not really that petty. So, 
Shout out to Makosa. It was a wonderful time. Shout out to all the listeners who came and showed love. Yeah. Um, they showed love for you, sis. You were missed and awesome. asked about. And it was great. It was a lot of love in the building. So, you know, I can't control. Like, men talk to me and my husband can't control that. And women are going to talk to him and he can't control that. Mm. Even though he has a big blinding wedding ring. But anyway... One particular woman yesterday, you know, she shot her shot or whatever. She's trying to talk to him, and he's like, that's my wife behind me. That's my wife back there, like, doing the food. Well, she proceeded to continue to push up on him and look at me in my face behind that table mm. for 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 a while. And I, he kept moving back, and, like, you know, I saw what he was doing. But she, I saw what she was doing, and she was starting to try to antagonize me. Hmm. I am not an avid believer, and you need to go fight a woman over a nigga. And like you know, a lot of a lot of them are trash, and they don't deserve um, to be fought over. So I want us to stop doing that. But what you're not gonna do is blatantly disrespect me in my face after you've been well informed that this is not the place that you need to be right now. Mm-hmm. So I came from behind that table. Oh, I know you did. Um, And the thing about it is she kept looking at me, doing it, and then going back and giggling with her friends. So it was like a thing at this point. So I came from behind the table at that point and went over, and, and went over to, to where Tristan was and she was in close proximity. Um, and I was like, do I need to have a conversation? Like, is this like, do I need to have a conversation at this point? Like, it's not about trying to bring um, drama to the party. We don't want to do that, which is why. Why would you look at somebody in their face trying to antagonize them when you know you're wrong at this point? I have zero respect for that. You know what I'm saying? It's not about you shooting your shot. It's about the fact that now you're being blatantly disrespectful and you're trying to get a rise out of me. And she disappeared. She left for the rest of the party. I don't know where she went, but she was gone for the rest of the party. But just know, um, if, if, if I ever find you, oh my God, I saw you and what you were doing, and I don't have any respect for that. Um, and one day we will have a conversation. Oh, boy. That's my petty peeve this week. All right, we're going to wrap up because Jade is coughing and smoking. Dying. She refuses to stop smoking, though. But... <laughs> I mean, actually, what? it's just crazy to see you, like, choke, what? and then you smoke. <laughs> like, you be choking, and, like, that's going to ease. But, listen. Happening? I'm dying right now because of allergies. I'm not, I'm, I'm just saying, it's just fascinating to see you cough, and then you, like, will take a pull off the thing. <laughs> it's just, it's just backwards to me. But, oh, my God, that's fascinating. But, listen, I don't want you at all to choke and die. So I think that we should stop talking so that you can... Especially cons- on the air where people can... I mean, it. that would be so <laughs> devastating. That would devastate me personally. But uh, I just... Let's wrap it up. I think that you need to send me... If you have any photographs or if there are any in- indicators or physical markers... Not physical markers, but they, wh- how can you let me know what this girl looks like? Because if What's- I see her, then oh. I, can, I can address her as well. But either way, <laughs> we know that the situation will be handled. Toya was there, and Toya looked at me, and Toya was like, "Listen, you, what, what time is it? We can actually." What, she's like, "What you want to do, sis?" You and just say like, the word. Say the word. I'll give you the signal. 
But um, <laughs> we will move forward uh, and close out the episode. We thank you guys for listening. We hope you had you hope you had a wonderful Labor Day. Um, we appreciate you checking us out and always tuning in. Shout out to everyone who really enjoyed a different world episode last week. We got lots and lots of positive feedback. Yes. Uh, good to know that we are not alone in our uh, beliefs. Um, but yeah, this is what we talk. We like to have good conversation on this show. We're moving into the final quarter of the year. Maybe we should circle back and, and look at our goals and maybe set some yes. goals for next year. But we'll get into that as we get into September. Get back into our book club. Oh, yeah, that kind of didn't happen. But yeah, we can definitely do that. Uh, <laughs> things just got really busy. Thank you guys for yeah. your patience. But yeah. Hopefully things will settle down and we can get back on track. But yeah, we're going to wrap it up. Do you have anything else you want to say before we do no. that? No. No, I just wanted the people to moisturize their souls. Absolutely. Mind your business. Continue to drink your water. Um, because as always, like anything else, your black will crack if it's dry. Bye. See y'all next week. All right, Dan. Oh, get your tickets to the live show. Please do that. Okay, it's going to be so much fun. And we're working on some special announcements. So hopefully we'll be able to, you know, leak the story like the Shade Room very soon. Yes. Yes. All right, Dan. All right. Bye. Bye, y'all. Have you ever wondered what the stars have to say about your favorite artists and writers? Listen to Stars and Stars with Issa, where I, your host and astrologer, Issa Nakazawa, read and interpret astrological birth charts of luminaries like W. Kamau Bell, Gia Tolentino, and so many more. You'll discover how astrology can unlock fascinating insights about these stars. And who knows, maybe you'll learn a little bit more about yourself. Listen to Stars and Stars with Issa wherever you get your podcasts.